August 2nd, the OTP from STSP, St. Thomas Sports Park. I'm Mike Keith, joined by Amy Wells. I like that. OTP, STSP. It's clever. Ding, ding. Mm-hmm. The great Jim Wyatt from TitansOnline.com, who's written 64 stories today. It's so frustrating. <laughs> it really I've eaten is. a baked potato, and that's about it. He's written 64 stories. It's amazing. <laughs> How many different stories have you written about Jonathan Cyprian already? Yeah, unfortunately, I had to write one just a short time ago about uh, the news today that he's lost for the season with that's a torn ACL. You hate to hear that. And that's two season-ending injuries within a uh, matter of just a couple of days. Uh, Ty Smith earlier uh, placed on injured reserve this week. So Jonathan Cyprian's a hardworking guy. Tough injury with a hamstring at the start of last season. He worked his way back from that. I thought he played really well at the end of last season. He made a huge hit on Travis Kelsey that knocked him out of the playoff game in Kansas City. And I think his pairing with uh, Kevin Byard was really going to be a good one uh, this season. But unfortunately, uh, a kind of a fluky injury, a non-contract situation at the end of uh, during Wednesday's practice. Uh, he was down. Uh, you could tell, again, as he left practice, he, he kind of slung his helmet a little bit. You could tell the frustration. A lot of times guys know uh, how bad it is. You hope for the hope for the best, but uh, they got worst possible news, and uh, he's done for the year. He's going to go on injury reserve, and now the search for his replacement uh, has begun. Some of it could be guys in-house. Some of it obviously could be guys in free agency who are still available. So we'll have to see how this one plays out. Maybe one of the nicest guys in this building, too. Oh, gosh, absolutely. And you hate to see that happen to someone sure. who's such a good guy to be around. He does a ton of stuff in the community. And he's just a genuinely pleasant person to interact with. And was playing very good football at the end of last year, as you alluded to, Jim. And was playing better in training camp. Had lost some weight. Was moving around well. Seemed to be fitting into this defense well. Had made several big plays in practice. And it was almost, I guess, similar to the Peter Sermon injury nearly 15 years ago, which was one of the most bizarre ACLs I ever remember. I mean, Peter Sermon essentially took a weird step and said, no, that feels weird. And sure enough, he had torn his ACL. And Cyprian, maybe not exactly like that, but but certainly something similar. I remember that well. I was probably 10 yards away from him when it happened. He walked off the field, didn't think anything mm. of it. It was a big shock the next day when we found out they had a torn ACL. Just never know with those. I've seen guys uh, you know, who have left, felt fine, didn't think there was going to be anything to it, ends up being an ACL. I've seen guys that leave thinking the worst. That sometimes they get a lucky break, and it's an MCL. It's not significant. Well, it's like John U. Smith in the playoff right. game. You mm -hmm. thought John U. Smith's injury looked worse than Jack Conklin's, and it turns out that Conklin is the one with the ACL, and, and John U., I guess, just had an MCL. Yeah, and Mike Vrabel, you can tell, you know, first-year coach, you said it himself. It's one of the toughest things about being a first-year coach. You get to a head coach. You get to see these guys work and see how hard they prepare themselves for the season. Jonathan Cyprian worked throughout the offseason to put himself to, in a position to help this team from the get-go. Chemistry with Kevin Byard was good. Those guys on the same page. Uh, and now uh, you've got to start the process of finding who's going to be there with Kevin Byard. You've got to find, start the process of those guys getting to know each other. That was what was so good about the secondary is a cohesive unit. Those guys know each other well. Now you're adding a newcomer to the mix in the event it is somebody that's coming in from the outside. We 
talked about it, what, three or four days ago on the OTP, how the chemistry of that group was something that was so strong, and Jonathan Cyprian was a big part of that. So now the search is on not only to fill that position, but find someone who can gel with those guys and who can pick up on that chemistry and get involved and get in sync with his teammates early. Let's talk about some of the options. Kendrick Lewis, eighth-year man out of Ole Miss, new to the Titans this past spring. Uh, he's missed a couple of days of practice. It didn't I don't know if there's anything seriously wrong with him, but you would think he's first on the list. Uh, Demontre Hurst, a corner who's been playing safety, has been taking the first-team reps, I guess, to this point. He has, and, and Mike Vrabel said that they expect to get Lewis back and expect to have him in the competition, and you're right about Hurst. I mean, this is a guy that's played safe, played corner uh, you know, in college at Oklahoma, uh, was brought in here and played corner last year, played some nickel, and now made the transition to safety, so he's learning a new position. Those are the top in-house options, but some other guys out there in free agency, we've already seen some names surfaced. Uh, Mike Vrabel was asked specifically about Eric Reed after practice today. He said he's one of the guys that has been talked about. They plan on talking to his agent about bringing him in. We've seen some other guys already reported from some of the national media who could be visiting the Titans as well. I've already seen two names mentioned. So uh, I'm expecting a group of players to come in here, work out, and then uh, I would think, Uh, the GM and the head coach will decide on one of them. How do we think the fifth-round pick safety Dane Crookshank has done so far? I've been really impressed by him. He looks like he's fitting in well. He looks like he's finding his groove. And, I mean, early on, he kicked off his very first training camp with an interception, so that's a good way to start. He hasn't looked overwhelmed. He looks like he's kind of picking things up, and obviously there's mistakes here and there, but... I've been impressed by him. He's getting a lot of work, too. He was on the field a ton today, and uh, he, I think he's been good in run support. I think he has been good uh, in coverage. He's he's kind of one of those uh, guys that's pretty tenacious on the football field. Kerry Combs obviously likes him. He's still going through some growing pains. You hear him getting – uh, you know, getting some teaching lessons in practices on a pretty regular basis. But I think that's kind of expected because he's kind of going through a transition himself as far as positions go. Uh, but I, I do feel like, um, you know, he has made a lot of progress. Teaching lessons is a good way to describe getting yelled at by Kerry Combs. Well, that's fair. <laughs> a teaching lesson. That's fair. Uh, other safeties on the roster, uh, Joshua Kalou, a rookie undrafted from Nebraska, Damon Webb, who's been yelled at before, I'm sure, by Kerry Combs. He's a rookie undrafted uh, from Ohio State. Kalen Reed has played safety at different points. Does he get a look in all of this? Well, you would think so, but then again, do you lose Ty Smith? And uh, now you're short corners. Yeah, yeah. So now you've got uh, Lashawn Sims, who obviously is number four, but you've got the races on for number five there, which is I think includes Kalen Reed and includes you know some of the young guys like Arico Gafford, Joseph Esty, those guys in the mix there as well. I've heard some people talking. Logan Ryan. Does Logan Ryan, who has decent size? Do you think about moving him to safety, or do you weaken yourself at two spots if you do that? He even talked today. He had an availability after practice, and he talked about potentially moving around, and then he was pressed on that about what maybe that means, and then he kind of – he – I don't want to say change the conversation, but he kind of downplayed what he had said, and that said that they're always moving him around and trying him in different places. But uh, I have to think that that is something that will be – 
considered at least. My sense, and this is obviously just a guess, and I'll ask you two to make guesses as well. My sense is they're bringing in a veteran. That's what I feel that seems to make the most sense. Yeah, and with three names already out there, you know, that I, I would, again, I, you know, what, the way these things are usually tackled is you bring in a, a group of players and then uh, you put them through a workout and the guy who impresses you the most ends up being signed. There's going to be a spot on this roster. Uh, you're going to be down to, to uh, another healthy player with, with Cyprian going on injury reserve. So you've got room to make a move. And uh, now the question is, which guy will the team decide on? Well, it's a big loss uh, because Cyprian is a, is a football player that they were counting on another veteran on this defense. And and obviously, too, from a personal standpoint, we're all disappointed for him, as are his teammates. And, and frankly, everybody works in this building. So Cyprian gone for the year with an ACL. The Titans going to focus uh, in the next few days on what to do at the safety position to pair with Kevin Byard. All right, I didn't get to see all of practice today because Sirius XM NFL Radio was here, and uh, I got to work with Brad Hopkins uh, as they did the Titans training camp day. And so we'll talk about that just a little bit in a minute. But from your notebooks at practice, uh, what did I miss? What stood out to both of you? It was not a full pads practice, was it? Huh? No, it was not. No. No. So what I what stood out to me, and I'll just kind of go through my thing. Dane Crookshank was on my list a lot. Um, number 84, Corey Davis was on my list. Um, Wesley Woodyard, I don't know if you guys saw this. Wesley Woodyard was leading the crowd that was out at practice in the defense chant. Probably the only guy on the roster who could have gotten by with that. And he got them all doing they it. They did it. It, it was took him a couple of tries, too. But it, a couple of times it didn't really take off. But at the end, yeah, it, was, it, it got pretty lively. Yeah, so that was probably my crowning moment because that just tickled me so much. John U. Smith had a good day. You know, he was filling in for Delaney Walker, who didn't practice again today. Obviously, Philip Superdahl remains on the team's physically unable to perform list. Uh, you know, you've got Luke Stocker back. You've got some other guys that are getting action as well. But I thought John U. had a good day. There was one play early in in, uh, in practice where he ran, kind of went, ran a wheel route, got wide open downfield, caught a pass. He caught a number of passes today. So John U.'s on my list. Demetri Hurst, we talked about earlier, just the activity he got. Uh, while filling in for Jonathan Cyprian, Corey Davis, I have him down. I thought Harold Landry, uh, had a, he had a really nice rush on one play. Looked like he shot out of a cannon, went straight toward Marcus Mariota and would have sacked him. In addition to Woodyard leading the defense chant, he, he made a, several nice plays, too. Very active in practice, got to the backfield uh, on at least one occasion. It's funny because we had Marcus Mariota on Sirius, and you can. it's interesting when you interview Marcus because – you can always tell when he really likes a question because he sort of – it's like he, he jumps forward a little bit. He has a little different look in his eye. Ask him about Janu, and he was thrilled to talk about Janu Smith's improvement. Really? It was really interesting to, to see his reaction. That was the question that engaged him the most. Uh, lucky break. Uh, <laughs> but it, you get one right every once in a while, right? But he – you know, instead of just being – I mean, you get quarterback answers. All, Steve McNair, Jake Locker, Vince Young. I mean, all you get the quarterback answers. But this was, hey, this guy has really come on. He's stronger. He's faster. He's a great athlete. Uh, you could tell he was excited about number 81. Well, gosh, Mike, every time I looked over at where you guys were set up for serious, there was some other – 
awesome it Titans It was an all-star. Get. It was an all-star lineup. It was an all-star lineup. Uh, a few things. So, uh, Jarrell Casey was on. And the best comment from Casey is he says LeBeau's defense is very similar to Dean Pease's defense, and he loves it. He loves the fact that there, there's some terminology changes, but he was very blunt in his assessment that it's basically the same defense for him. Which, so, which kind of explains why the defense has had such a uh, smooth transition this offseason. Right. That was a good comment. Uh, Delaney Walker claims he will have better numbers than last year. I believe that. 74 catches, 807 yards, three touchdowns a year ago. He believes this offense is made for him. I think and he have, likes the days off. Uh, my <laughs> prediction is he'll have fewer catches, but with more yards and more touchdowns. More w- space to work with. I agree with that. Uh, with, uh, with a new running back and Deion Lewis and some receivers who I think will continue to develop and, and help get him some more open space. Is he the leading receiver on this team, yes or no? No. Yes. Ooh. I think it's Corey Davis. See, I think so too. Wow. I like it when Mike I'm going to change match. my answer. <laughs> I'm going to change my answer now. Uh, sorry. That's fine. Uh, Brett Kern was a really good guest, and he fully admitted he doesn't like to tackle people. He doesn't look like he enjoys it, uh, tackling he, he people. It, he made it very, very clear. I don't and think anyone ever thought he liked that. I really admired his honesty. He did not. Uh, <laughs> he did not sort of pump up the macho factor on that, but I admired his honesty greatly. You know who does like tackling people? Bo Brinkley. Well, yes, he does. He's he also, lays He's also out. like 255 pounds. That's Who's true. Who's some specialists? You know, Rob Baronis used to love to tackle. He used to well, love to put a hit on well, the Rob I, I mean, he... <laughs> <laughs> He would he would get a shot in on the sideline if a guy was lingering near the near the paint. Yes. <laughs> Gary Anderson, the not kicker, so much. Didn't like to not tackle. Not so much. Rob you know Nedney. Nedney would tackle. He would tackle, but he got hurt. Got uh, hurt every yep. time he did. Yep. Uh, and other punters around here. Craig Hendrick would would make an effort. Uh, well, he to could tackle. tackle. He's a good athlete. He just he would hurt himself. Unfortunately, he would hurt his neck or something. You didn't want Craig Hendrick right. to tackle. Uh, so Brett Kern admitted that. Uh, we've got Casey. Rashawn Evans had a chance to talk with him, and he was very excited to talk about how much he loves the linebacker room, how much he enjoys Woodyard and Arakpo and Morgan and what all those guys mean to him already, and how much he enjoys his position coach, Tyrone McKenzie. Tyrone st- McKenzie's a fun guy to watch at practice. He really is. He's, uh, he's jumping, meeting guys in midair. He's an encourager. Uh, he's got a great story himself just about his perseverance just to get to where he is now. And uh, uh, I think he he brings a lot of energy to that room. Then Vrabel shocked me. I mentioned really? as he was going off the air, mentioned that a week from today he will be coaching his first game. And he starts a comment, and then he looks at me. He goes, heads or tails? <laughs> I said, tails. He says, take the ball or kick off. I said, take the ball. Yes. Come on. We're playing Green Bay. You go tails, you take the ball. So I hope that doesn't happen because if it does and it doesn't work out, it's your on you. he's going to stand up at his press conference and, and I'm going under the bus. <laughs> yes. I was so he might, shocked. He might leave you, in, leave you at Lambeau. Ooh. I think he might. But I'd go over to Kroll's and get a Butter Burger and I would be better. Better be left at Lambeau in August than in December. 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 Are you going to go to Kroll's while we're there? I, f- I need to figure out where I'm going. I guess we've got a little bit of time on Wednesday night when we get up there. I'm going for a run in nice, crisp 
temperatures up there. Look on at Wednesday you, Mister Exercise. He works a lot. He works well, out. Who this. is this guy? He's so perfect. <laughs> you are so perfect. You're and the then, best. And uh, then uh, we've got a long day on Thursday. Uh, what are we going to do in Green Bay on Thursday? We got to look Jeff Harding's way in here. Jeff Harding's got experience. In Jeff Green Harding Bay. used to, to work in Green us, Bay. Give us a scouting report on a, what to do. But I bet he'd Bay. like a Crolls. He would. He's shaking his head. Yes, we. Uh, Jimmy John's. <laughs> Chili John's. That doesn't sound like it feels good on your stomach. Well, the food. I mean, the, the it's one of those places that you absolutely have to go. They get the cheese curds. And the butter burgers and um, Midwestern food. Oh, it's just Ugh. delicious. It's love it. It's like you you'll need an angioplasty immediately after, but it's okay. Team's staying in Green Bay too. I think which is stayed, unusual. Yeah, we, you stay in Appleton a lot of times. Well, we always stayed at the Paper Valley Inn in Appleton, and the Paper Valley Inn is the greatest hotel in the NFL in terms of service. They are so nice. You come in, and they have cookies. Oh, I love places. With the, they where well, they've made. They've made helmet cookies, big, giant sugar cookies that they hand out. And Lombardi Steakhouse is there, and there are all kinds of places you can walk in Appleton. And during the day in Appleton, that's where you would go for a run or walk down to the park. Or I mean, it's a beautiful town, and they treat everyone in the party like a king. And, so, and the reason we would stay there and not in Green Bay was there were no hotels in Green Bay. And now there apparently is a, a hotel large enough to handle us. Yeah, well, you're making Appleton sound pretty good. I wouldn't mind uh, going Appleton back Appleton is great. And the Paper Valley and the people there are the best. And I'm looking forward to the truck. I'm looking forward to seeing what we've seen on the field, how, how it carries over into games. I'm looking forward to seeing some of the young players who could get a chance to play in the second half. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing Mike Vrabel on the sideline for his first game and just say he kind of handles in-game situations. So a lot to look forward to. Hard to believe it's a week uh, from today. I know we're early on this, but I have to ask this question to the panel. Aaron Rodgers plays or not? I say no. Mm, I think he did first five snaps. I think first series. Yeah. You're outvoted two to one, Jim. Even though you're healthier, you write <laughs> you a lot of articles, harder. you work harder, you're employee of the year. Better looking. Yeah. You get it. No, I don't yeah. know about any of that. More but, famous, uh, more yeah. Twitter followers. Even though all of that is true, you are outvoted two to one. I, what, I, what I'm just hoping when we go to Green Bay is we don't have a lightning storm, any kind of electricity in the air. I'll never well, forget. Well, I just uh, hope the commissioner of the NFL isn't out in the Hamptons where they can't find him because that was what, w- what happened – in that 2003 preseason game where we had the two-hour, 47-minute delay, they couldn't find Tagliabue. Started back, uh, what, about 11.30 at night? Well, the greatest thing about that was, so they start back with a punt return, and then we go to the two-minute warning. That was the best part. We might have to back this story up. Okay, you don't know the story? I don't know the story. Oh, that's uh, because you were in, like, junior high or something. (laughs) 2003? (laughs) I was not yet in junior high. Don't quit. Okay, thank you. So 2003, preseason finale, go to Green Bay, and we're going to run the ball. Both teams are going to run the ball like 45 times. We're going to get out of there, and the game's flying along. Roughly two minutes to go in the first half, just a little outside the two-minute warning, there's lightning. And, I mean, it comes quite a storm, and so they clear the stands. Well, it – it, we're, we're really kind of excited because we're sitting there thinking, okay, 
everybody's gotten their money's worth. We've gotten half the game in, basically. They're going to call this thing, and we're going to get out of here. So in order to call it, they have to get in touch with Tagliabu. Well, the story was Tagliabu was somewhere, and they couldn't get a hold of him. I mean, 2003, cell phone technology is a little different. You know, you might not have service, or you might not have a cell phone on you or whatever. Well, they can't get a hold of him. The delay ends up being two hours and 47 minutes before we resume. And the story was they didn't want to cancel the game because they didn't want to affect the integrity of the game. Excuse me? It's a preseason game. Thank you. There's no integrity. Thank you. Well, no, I mean, there is, but we had played a half. Everybody who had come to see everything had – I mean, and – when the crowd came back, Jim, there weren't 5,000 people in the house. And this is Green Bay where they live for it. I mean, yeah. I'm, 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 yeah, they emptied the stadium, and, and you didn't even know if anybody was still hanging around because they were all hanging out in the concourse. And uh, I was working at the Tennessee at the time. I had my story written. I was ready to get out of there. I was ready to head to the casino that night and win some money. That's going to Oneida. I, yeah, that's when I was yeah. able to do that kind of thing. When I was working at the papers, I was going to rake in uh, that You were knocking night. it down. And uh, so I was, I, had, I was just ready to hit a button to, you know, for my story to but be But now you have out. lowered your opinion of many of the listeners because you've admitted you were willing to go gaming. <laughs> So then I kept thinking, sure, this game's going to be canceled. Sure, this game's going to be canceled. And then, you know, and every time there was a lightning strike, they delayed it even further. Then, once you realize they weren't going to cancel it, people started, you know, they made an announcement, game's going to start back in 45 minutes, and people started coming back in the stadium. And uh, and it was worst case scenario. We got there so late, players were eating pizza and hanging out in the locker room. They weren't. Obviously, they got loosened up to play, and then to come back and play again after hanging out in the locker room, what a great scenario. I think Rocky Kalmus ended up uh, hurting his hamstring. Popped his uh, hamstring. Was going to be the starter, but was covering the punt right after. And then we, but it was so ironic. It's like, okay, we have one play, and then we went to the two minute warning. Awesome. Oh, it was so bad. And you're you're sitting here, and, and our crew, Pat Ryan, who I used to work with, who I love so much. I mean, he's one of the funniest people alive. Well, Pat wasn't – he was a quarterback for the New York Jets for 13 years. Pat occasionally was grumpy. <laughs> it, well, more than occasionally. He was, he was grumpy quite a bit. And Pat was not a huge fan of the preseason either. Mm. So he, he was so not happy on the air – about having to because we went we go to the two minute warning we finish the first half we have halftime 12 minutes so everyone comes back off the played field the whole thing we're thinking we're going to be home by 12 30 one o'clock if they call this game which as you know traveling in the preseason it's incredible yeah and this was just the end of the world bad i think we got home at 4 30 in the morning it was just oh. awful and again, uh, and again, that was my newspaper day, so I wasn't on the team flight. I think I had a flight out of Green Bay the next morning at like 7 o'clock in the morning. But for you, it wasn't so, so bad, though, because the casino was still yeah, open. It's, it's still, I think I may have still hit it because I didn't go to sleep that night because we got out of there so late. I had to write a story. I had an early flight, so I didn't even sleep uh, Didn't even sleep that night. Can you Green write Bay. a story at the casino? Did you sit there? A lot, and, a lot of bells and whistles too loud, going off. Too and loud. It, it's in the you know, – the, the, People, you know, shuffling the cars, don't want to 
deal to a guy that's got his computer open. And I think they would frown on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Even the Golden Boys got a little dark streak in there. There it is. We found it. But that was that was the nightmare of all nightmares. And so next Thursday, I don't think that happens. I hope not. Although we've, I'm knocking on wood here. Although uh, Goodell better have his phone on. <laughs> well, it, it, it being the fourth preseason game, it was, you know, I'm. I'm it seemed like to everybody the logical thing is let's call it and get out of here. And everybody, not get anybody hurt, uh, not get anybody killed in the stands because there would be somebody who would try to stick around. I mean, you know, it was just, it seemed like logic would have, would have dictated let's not play it. So let's hope we don't have a repeat uh, performance. I'm knocking on, on wood. So if yeah. we get back at five in the morning, you guys haven't even seen Grumpy. <laughs> It would you not should put be you good. with Pat Ryan. You should. We would probably get along just Pat fine. Ryan was the guy. So we have the flight back from Minnesota, the one where the flight – this was 2001 or two, where the flaps got stuck. Oh. And it was really – it was a scary situation after the fact because we didn't know how bad it was at the time. The guy comes on the PA, and he says uh, – the pilot, he was my hero of all-time life – he goes, yeah, we're having a little problem with uh, the flaps, and so we're gonna just uh, we're gonna land the plane here in uh, Chicago at O'Hare Airport. I'm like, well, that's weird. Why was but he's so calm. He, you know, well, we land the plane at O'Hare, and they're like fire trucks and foam. Tru- I mean, it, it's like we're we're in a this is like a, an emergency landing because apparently they can't. They don't think they're going to be able to stop the plane. I don't understand all of the aerodynamics, but it's really bad. Oh. So, so we're all fine. Took them a long time to stop it. O'Hare has a long runway, apparently, so they stop the plane. We go in. They, they're getting us another plane. They inform us. I'm standing near Coach Fisher, and they inform us. Coach Fisher says to the, the pilot, hey, good job there. He goes, yeah, usually those situations don't turn out very well. What? <laughs> and so all of us are like, oh, Thank you, Lord. We had no idea it was this bad. I mean, apparently it was very serious. And Pat Ryan still says, well, I think we could have made it. <laughs> why didn't we just chance it? And that's Pat Ryan. That's why everybody loved Pat Ryan on the air, because that was what he did on the air. He was so great. Very similar to Coach McGinnis. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I'm into that. Yep, very, very similar in that way. But those were uh, – Preseason travel can be that and the uh, the game at San Francisco that went into overtime and they kicked a field goal on the last play of the game. Was that 2005? <laughs> that overtime, familiar. if there's anything Congress should outlaw, it's overtime in preseason. I emphatically agree with that, 1,000%. You should go to jail if you cause overtime, overtime in the preseason. preseason. Yes. You know, a lot of times teams will go for two or – or, or try something to avoid that happening. At some point, just throw the game. Let's go. I'm it, getting tired. It, the league should outlaw it. Yes. There's, I mean, but to be in San Francisco and then to play 15 extra minutes of football. Oh, that makes me really sad. Yeah, we're crossing the Mississippi River, watching the sun come up. Oh, yeah. And you know you don't have a real good team. <laughs> because one third of your team, one third of your team's salary cap is taken up by dead money. You're thinking this may be the high point. <laughs> <laughs> this is it. This is this as is, good as it gets. This guys. is the moment. 
Well, very revealing few moments about travel I know people won't be interested in. Well, it's a big part of our lives, and I feel that we should share it with everyone else. We're sharing. This is the OTP. This is the OTP. You know what else is the OTP? Your conversation with Ian Rappaport. Speaking of someone who travels a lot. He travels a lot. NFL Network. You had a chance to talk with it, so uh, tee it up right here. No, I was talking about you tee it up right Oh, you want me to? I <laughs> yeah. thought you wanted him to play. I no, thought you wanted Jeff to play. It's your interview. You should tee it up. <laughs> well, here's the thing about talking to Ian Rappaport that was so interesting to me. We know that Adam Schefter is on his phone a lot. Yes. Ian Rappaport might give him a run for his money. There are long pauses in this interview, and it's because he's scrolling through Twitter. And we talked about that a little bit, how much time he actually spends on Twitter. Ian Rappaport here on the OTP. Ian, you've been doing kind of the cross-country tour. Um, When you're preparing for something like that, to see so many different teams, what's the process that you go through to get ready for so much activity in such a short period of time? I think for me the most important thing is is just going to find people and and kind of rebuild some relationships and and sometimes build some new relationships. And You know, we have have research. We'll get some packets together for us to make sure we know what the heck we're talking about. I mean, and... Honestly, like, I live it so much that I come here and, like, I know what I'm going to see, you know? Um, But really, for me, it's mostly just about, like, FaceTime and just having, you know, good casual conversations with with some of the people I like talking to about football. And, and, you know, here, I mean, I respect John Robinson a lot, really like him, Um, respect the job he's done. It was good to get with him before practice for a couple minutes and just chat with him about what's going on. I mean, that's the kind of thing that, like, you know, it's worth the trip here just to come have some of these conversations. When you're having some of those conversations across the league, what are some of the major headlines that are going on just across the NFL through training camp? Well, I think everybody wants to know about the holdouts. You know, uh, holdouts, when's Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald showing up? And then, you know, when's Aaron Rodgers going to get his contract done? That's another one. And um, and then, you know, coaches always and, and GMs always want to hear, like, What's going on at this place? What's going on at that place? You know, are they really doing this? They cut this guy? Why? You know, um, everybody sort of wants the gossip, you know, um, because everyone during training camp, especially everyone's it's so tunnel visioned. You wake up, you go to work, you spend 12 hours here or more. You go home at 11 o'clock at night. You come back the next day. No one has time to check Twitter or whatever. So. Uh, everyone wants to know what's going on in every other place, which is kind of fun. So you're the guy traveling around the league, spreading intel, basically. You're a spy. Uh, I wouldn't say a spy, <laughs> but I can serve as a conduit for information for a couple info-thirsty coaches who are spending most of their waking hours grinding tape and, and that kind of stuff. So for the Tennessee Titans, head coach, first-year head coach and Mike Vrabel, we've seen first-time head coaches be successful in the league. What does Mike Vrabel have to do to be successful for the Tennessee Titans? I, I think the... First of all, he inherited a great situation, obviously. I mean, went to the playoffs last year, have a a really, really good quarterback who could maybe take the next step and be a great, great quarterback. Um, that's an, honestly like why a lot of these guys are here, is to, to get that um, progress out of Marcus Mariota. But um, get him fired up, get him in the right place. He hired a really good staff, really bright, um, except for Dean Pease, really young staff. Um and, you know, really there's a lot of pieces here just to kind of point him in the right direction. I mean, I think, you know, Vrabel, from what it sounds like to me, the accountability he's demanded from the players is something that was not only adhered to but also respected. Uh, and they got a lot of talent. They should be really good. 
This Titans offense has a lot of young guys, especially in the receiving core. How valuable is that to any football team? Well, I think what you're going to see is, you know, in a way it's hard because you have a lot of guys making a lot of mistakes. On the other hand, you have a group that's going to grow together, you know, and uh, the hope is, you know, the, the Corey Davis will be, I mean, he's not a veteran yet, but sort of be the the leader of this young group, and they all just kind of get better together. I mean, I was, you know, one of the things, um, you know, one of the things that um, I think you'll, you have four undrafted receivers who are all fighting to make the roster. I know John Robinson's excited about that. It's competition. These guys are going to be buddies, and they're going to push each other, and I think it's in a really good place. What can Titans fans expect to see out of a DNP's-led defense? Um, you know, in the past, it, what in, in whether in New England or whether in Baltimore, I mean, what what DNP's defenses have always been is multiple and creative. You know, like I think you'll see, um, you'll see them come after the quarterback. You know, and I think obviously that's everybody wants. You want to affect the passer. Um, but you'll see him exploit matchups and do it kind of in a creative way. And you know, one great thing with Dean Pease and is uh, is one one. I'm sorry, just I checked my phone. The one great thing about Dean Pease is he's seen it all. Um, he has absolutely seen it all, and and you're never going to really surprise him. How often? Give me like in hours. How much time you spend on Twitter every day? Uh, I would say. Um, I would say between, I mean, I would just, it's every day. I wake up, check Twitter, check my, check my text, see who's called me, see who, what calls I missed. Um, it is a nonstop process from the second I wake up to when I go to bed. And then if I wake up in the middle of the night, I'll check as well. But you're a very plugged in guy. You really have a lot of connections throughout this league. And that must be something that you really worked hard to cultivate. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it is, is doing things like this. I mean, for two years, I was on the road every um and for two years, I was uh, on the road for Thursday Night Football. And, and you know, going to the games was great, but it's really walking the sidelines for a game, shaking hands, meeting people. And that's why I do this tour. I mean, I like seeing football practice. That's cool. Uh, but a lot of the great things is, like, just introducing yourself to people and having conversations and building relationships. And it is one of the absolute best parts of my job to be able to do that. If you were to lose your smartphone, would you be able to still do your job? Um, yes, because I would have my iPad and my iMessage <laughs> on my computer. All right. Well, Ian Rappaport, we'll let you get back to work shaking hands and kissing babies. But thanks for taking some time to be on the OTP. All right. Thank you for having me. All right. So we have a lot of th- That was really good. Thanks, Mike. That was really good. You and Ian Rappaport. Yeah, we have fun. Okay. So let's talk about the weekend. There's a lot coming up. We, we go to Centennial High School. And I think that's awesome. I think Friday night, Pinnacle Friday Night Lights at Centennial High School. Very exciting stuff. 7 o'clock start, right? 7.15 to 9 is the official time there. All right. We'll get there by 7. <laughs> right? I'm going to pass along yeah. some information for fans, too. Go. Uh, because I, I just tweeted this out. It came from uh, from the PR staff. The clear bag policy is in effect at right. Centennial High School and also Nissan Stadium on explain, Saturday. If we could, explain clear bag policy very quickly. They There are plastic bags that are see-through um, that are, I don't remember the di- dimensions, but plastic see-through bags. We have to be able to see the contents of your bag. Or you can have a small wallet or wristlet or clutch, something like that, but it's the size of the palm of your hand, basically. So you have to have that if you're going to come to Centennial Friday night or to Nissan Stadium on Saturday. 
And that was well done because I was when he asked me to clarify, I was going to say it's a clear bag. That's but he gave much more. That's what I was expecting. So. <laughs> no. But fans will also go through a metal detector. Items not allowed on the grounds include food and beverage, coolers, liquids, umbrellas, chairs, and strollers. And that's at Centennial or both? Both. Both. Okay, so at Centennial for the 715 practice and at Nissan Stadium for the 3.30 Saturday practice. 3.30 to 6 on Saturday. And, uh, you know, it should be exciting. I remember we've, we've talked about that being one of the most uh, uh, exciting practices of training camp just because guys are hyped playing in a Friday night setting fans right on top of the action uh, you know it's uh, it's going to be a chance for fans to see these players in a different setting than what they've seen out here it'll be a lot cooler obviously and uh, I think guys will be jacked up they love Friday night too because yeah. I mean because they remember high school and they you know that's if people think they play this game for the money and and I, I know they do. But I've seen very few, especially the really good ones, that the money is the most important thing. No. Yeah, I mean, that's part of it. But they, you know, they're playing it like Delaney Walker kind of says it the best. I mean, it's a kid's game. He loves playing it. He's going on year 13. He you know, certainly doesn't play like it's you know, a business. I mean, he plays with a lot of emotion. And I think all these guys very fortunate to be in the situation that they're in where they're able to make – a lot of money playing a, a game, and uh, and I think you're going to see that come out on Friday night. It's always so. It's my favorite practice of training camp, hands down. It's under the lights. Everyone's excited. There's hot dog stands everywhere. But these two practices are not just walkthroughs. I mean, they're going to be trying to get a lot done Friday night at Centennial and then Saturday at Nissan Stadium. Yeah, because we are, as we talked about, we're a week away from a preseason game and you're trying to clean a lot of things up. I think it's a you know another big step for the offense in a setting like this. I, I will say, you know, we talked about some of the things that stood out from practice today. I think the offense continues to make strides and it's really come a long ways uh, since the offseason. And I think... Uh, I think uh, you know Friday night will be another chance for them to continue, you know, to continue to get on the same page. Well, and Coach Rabel even said today that most of what the next couple practices are going to be is they're going to put the ball down and go, and that's unscripted. more, yeah, unscripted, more of a scrimmage type atmosphere. So if you come out to these events, you're not seeing a bunch of drills and things that don't really look like football. You're seeing ball. And Centennial did a fantastic job. Uh, I think Centennial is a great place to do this because they have a big parking lot, so that makes it easy. It's easy to find. Stadium's a great setup. They have plenty of seats. And the folks at Centennial and also the Williamson County Schools, the athletic, uh, the athletic department within Williamson County Schools really work hard on this. Last year, seeing all the kids there, man, that was special. It was cool, and I don't know what the setting's going to be like as far as autographs go, but I remember last year before practice even started, players kind of scattered you know, around the field and signed autographs for fans. I'm sure there's going to be an opportunity. Again, I'm not saying that's exactly what's going to play out on Friday night, but I suspect that there will be an opportunity at some point that night where players are going to uh, mingle with fans on the fence line, and uh, uh, you have a great chance to get pictures. So that, that will be fun, and uh, – 
And you're right, it is. I mean, the, the parking lot's huge. It's an pl- easy place to get in and out, uh, and hopefully the weather will hold up and be a nice night. Plenty. Well, funny you say that. I just pulled up the weather report for tomorrow. It's supposed to be clear and 70 degrees That's tomorrow pretty good. night. Very nice. That is the perfect night for football. If we haven't convinced you with anything else, come because it's going to be nice. The best part about it, too, is there are a lot of great places to eat right around there before or after. Yep. So, and it's not too far from my house, too. So well, it's a, that, there party it is. at Jim's house. Yeah, there it is. It's even, I think it's even out. closer to my house. Is that right? Yes. You go so, walk? No. Yeah. No, I won't be walking. <laughs> well, which one of you is having us over for a cookout? We'll let you know. <laughs> we'll let you know soon. A little pregame. Great. Yeah, a little, yeah. little soon. Yeah, it'll happen. Can't uh, wait. By the way, Titans All Access is on this weekend. Check your local listings if you live in Nashville, Chattanooga, Tri-Cities, Knoxville, Jackson, Huntsville or Paducah. Wow, that show's on a lot of places. It's on a lot of places. Set your DVR for the Titans All Access. This is the training camp edition. It won't start back full-time until the first week of the regular season, but you'll want to watch because Jim Wyatt's on. Jim Wyatt is on the program, yeah. He's Jim, telling you all the that Titans won't help news. The He's on the show. Mm-hmm. Be talking about going to the uh, casino in Green Bay <laughs> back when he was a newspaper man. He's wearing his yeah. finest Hawaiian shirt. As requested. <laughs> you really were. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember. These days run together. I can't they remember do. what I was wearing. I, you know, day. it's funny. I asked Vrabel today if he knew what day of the week it was, and he literally had to stop and think about it. And I'm not making fun. I think we all know that when you get into training camp mode, you. I, I thought it was Wednesday all day today. And oh, is it not? Yeah, it's not. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's Thursday. Oh, well, shoot. All right. So all right. I don't know either. All right. So good. So tomorrow night... And uh, we will not have an OTP tomorrow because it's a night practice. We will have one after uh, the Saturday practice. So you'll have one for Saturday night and for Sunday. So please forgive us, but there's no ball to talk about. So Yeah, we want to give you the best Titan the stuff. The best road stories. Oh, we'll People have tons don't. We ought to just cut that out. People don't care about that kind of stuff. Oh, no. See, I disagree. I think they do. I think the people want to know. Do you think so? We'll find Depends out after how this episode. They are. We might have to start making some stuff up. You know, <laughs> really, start really sound like these guys up. are having down. A, lot, a lot of fun on the road. They don't want to hear about a Green Bay where we're just kind of, you know, walking around. Well, all I ever curds. talk about is all <laughs> I ever talk about is where I go to eat. So just walking around there eating you go. cheese. Curds. All right, for the great Jim Wyatt at TitansOnline.com, his Twitter handle is at jwhitesports. For A.B. Wells. The really great. How's that? Oh, better. That she better. got all bitter because. <laughs> it's the great Jim Wyatt and Amy who won't leave. <laughs> Amy Wells at Titans Amy. That's A M I E. That's A M I E. A M I E. You can find her on Twitter. I'm Mikey. Thanks for joining us. This is the OTP.